coaches, welcome to the another episode of the Coaches Collective podcast. We're fired up to to have you back, and we're really excited about our guest today, Coach Ken Niamatololo from Navy Football. Uh, we're so honored to have him on as our guest today. Coach, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be on. Awesome. Awesome. Coach, we're going to kick right in with you today because we know you uh, you have a lot going on, but Let's talk a little bit about your current situation, Navy football. You're the winningest coach in school history. Um, but one thing I love that's something that you guys preach is that culture beats strategy. So talk a little bit about that as a mantra of your football program and then like how you guys implement that throughout what you, know, what you do as a coaching staff and then what you, how you treat your players. Well, that's a great question. You know, when, um, you know, when I became a head coach 14, 15 years ago, I mean, I, I didn't go to a head coach of school, you know what I mean? I, I was like, okay, what I do now? And so I just decided I'm going to do what I know. And being from Hawaii, just who I am, um, you know, like a lot of cultures, we're, you know, we're family-oriented, uh, faith-based. Um, love is a big part of it. So I just thought that, you know, I'm going to build our program based off that. Schematically, we were going to do what, you know, we did on, on, offense. on offense. We're an option team. On defense, we were going to run to the football. But I think culturally, I want to make sure that the foundation of our program was intact. Just what we did, you know, from the coaches uh, to the players, you know. And so I want to build a team that was built on family and love. And, you know, that's kind of how we started um, just with everything we did. And our and our our culture is really simple, you know. It's just based off love. Uh, we're um, I, I tell our, our coaches, coach somebody like how you want your son to be coached. Mm. Now, don't get you get wrong. We're gonna coach you hard. We're gonna be be demanding, but I don't think you have to be demeaning. And again, I'm I'm talking more principles more than anything because it's not structure. But uh, when I thought about becoming a head coach, and I thought, how do I want to lead? And I, again, I thought about my parents, some of my high school coaches, guys who had a great influence on me. My high school coach was a super disciplined person. He was a black belt in uh, Kempo karate, so nobody messed with him. <laughs> um, but he, you had a respect and fear for him, but not because he wielded a, a um, you know, he was a really strict disciplinarian. It's just the way he led. He led by, by discipline and love. But when I was thinking about leadership, I thought about my mom more than anything, because I just thought about, here's my mother. She's working. Um, I would do anything for my mom, but I know she would do anything for us. You know, I just so I saw a lady that worked all nights. I mean, all, all hours of the day, came home, took care of her family. Uh, she was tough. Our house wasn't a very big house, but it was immaculate. And so I just saw how she did things that, Okay, here's the lady that's leading, uh, and I would do anything for her because I and the only reason I knew I'd do anything for her because I knew she loved me and she would do anything for me. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of how I started coaching, just like you know what, it doesn't matter how much you know if the if the players don't care about you, if they first if they realize you don't care about them, it's over. I don't care what you know. And so I just those are how I looked at as far as from a leadership standpoint. Culturally, I wanted to build a, a culture based off on my background, who I am. Um, also, I wanted to, you know, I also told our guys, I want to help our guys. It was more than football. I want them to be good fathers and husbands. 
And so I feel like, you know, a big part of that is your example. Mm. You know, I mean, if they see your kids around the football office or if they see you're at the office 24 seven, I mean, it's great. I mean, this is a volatile profession, but they're like, okay, wait a minute. These guys are here all the time. When have they seen their families? Right. And I saw, um, I saw a clinic a long time ago, a great clinic, two renowned coaches. One was a Super Bowl champ. One was a national champ. And they gave it their X and O's and the schematic part of it was phenomenal. But at the end of the question and answer se- session, some of the guys asked, Coach, uh, do you have any regrets, regrets in your career? And both of them had the same answer. They said that, you know, we wish we'd spent more time with our families. Mm. So these are all things that I was trying to, like I said, in the because I got hired pretty quickly when I became the head coach of uh, Paul Johnson, who took went to Georgia Tech. I mean, he he left and then the AD called me that day and I, I flew back from the West Coast and interviewed that night. And then he hired me like at midnight. Wow. You know, so I you know, I, you know, there are a lot of things that happen. And so I, you know, you take from people, but the culture that I built. Chris, more than anything, was just who I was. You know what I mean? It's just, it wasn't anything fancy or anything or anything like that. But I knew I could lead that way because that's who I was. I knew as a player, you could see right through phony coaches. I mean, I could. Like, uh, who's that? I mean, and there's guys that you love, that you do anything for. They're authentic. You know, they care about you. And they could coach you hard, but you could still, you know, you could still listen and you still respected them. And then you tell some guys that these guys are just about ball. They don't really care about you. And really things I said went one ear, went out the other. So just in that time frame, I just try to accumulate and think about all the people that had an influence as I became a head coach. And I want to create a culture first. To me, the schematic parts were going to come later. But the culture part were based off love, family, and faith. Man, Coach, I, I I love hearing you say that, and it it brought to mind. I think this was several years ago when I was first getting started as a high school coach. I remember watching, I believe it was a Showtime documentary that followed you around, followed your team around for a, a season. And I remember watching that and watching you on a bye week going back and spending time with your extended family and going and going and seeing your kids and going and seeing extended family. And I was like, I was, I was honestly shocked. I was blown away. I was like. I feel like so many coaches would be insecure and be like, I can't make it seem like I'm not only focused on football during the season. And it was honestly really inspiring to me. I actually tried to do something similar. My, my first year as a high school head coach, what gave, what gives you the, the kind of uh, confidence to not worry about what other people think and, and like really be yourself and, and bring that family atmosphere. I've heard you talk on other podcasts about, um, you know, getting guys out of the office on time and getting, getting them to spend time with their family when there's so much pressure to be there all the time and to show how, like, you know, put in all those hours, what gives you the confidence to, to be who you are? I mean, it's a great question. It's just who you are. It's your principles that you're raised on, you know, what your parents instilled in you and what you believe in. And I mean, I recognize how volatile this profession is. We've struggled the last two years you know, it's been interesting, like in these last two years, like, okay, do I start changing who I am? Do I start like, you know, we're struggling a little bit. I'm like, no, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing. It doesn't mean that you're, you're not trying to find ways to solve things, but I guess the whole premise on it, and it was, um, I knew I could get another job 
but I didn't want to get another family. So I didn't want to sacrifice that. You know what I mean? I just, I just didn't want to. And I just see so many guys have been in this been 33 years and I've seen so many guys just, you know, they win games and you see them after they seem so empty because they don't know their family. They don't know their kids. Um, and again, I don't want to share who this coach was, but, but I just remember being with the coach once who I really respected and I saw him, he saw his kids and we were waiting for the buses to come, but he didn't talk with his kids. He came and talked with the coaches. It's like he couldn't carry on a conversation with his kids. And I was like, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to judge. I mean, I'm just a person. I'm not any better than anybody else. I just didn't want that. Yeah. You know, I, I just didn't want that was hey, if, you know, if we didn't win, I'm a competitor and I hate to lose. I'll go, I'll go do something else. But I didn't want another family. And I just, I just seen too many. I've seen guys chase jobs and try to go to the league and, you know, go to higher power five conferences and, you know, the, six jobs later, there's, you know, they're out of the profession. Mm. And so I guess I'm not any better than anybody. It's just the route that I want to take. Yeah. If I was going to go down swinging, I was going to go down, not sacrificing my family and just do everything I can the other way. Now I, I don't uh, come to work on Sundays because of my faith, but I come to work pretty early on Mondays though. Oh yeah. I also mm-hmm. recognize that you got, you know what I mean? You can't like yeah. just sit yeah. down and, and so so I guess that's how I've been able to do it. I'm, like I said, I'm not saying it's the right way, but I think every, all of us or anybody in coaches, you got to have some principles. And I feel like just stick to your guns. Yeah. You know, I just stick to your guns. I, I, I just talked to our commissioner in our league, and I, I don't know, it just probably made me feel pretty good. Just He's telling me in, in the time that I've been in the league, there's been 36 head coaching changes. Wow. And I'm the only one still here. And I'm, I guarantee you I'm the only one who didn't work on Sundays. Wow. But And again, it, it doesn't make me better than some guys took other jobs and I you know, went to other jobs and did other things. But it's I, I feel like you have to have some principle because this job is so ruthless. Mm-hmm. And the demands to win and the, the enticements to win, the money is so lucrative that you can start to lose your way, man. You can start to lose your way really, really quickly if you don't have a strong foundation. No doubt. For sure. Coach, you know, something that's been really cool. Um, over, I mean, we've done 15, 20 episodes. Talk to guys like yourself, Coach Sweeney there at Clemson, Coach Fitzgerald at Northwestern. And um, we've gotten several messages back from uh, like younger coaches or, or high school head coaches. And they've like, they've said numerous times, it's like, man, it was really cool to hear that because I go through that same thing. I struggle with that same thing for you. Um, aside from obviously like balancing uh, the grind of the job and family, what's something that you find very difficult with the job? It's so encompassing. I mean, just like you can't like, I mean, I'm, I'm always watching YouTube videos and if, I mean, there's, you talk about high school, there's a lot of great high school coaches, man. I look at some of these YouTubes, like, you know me, but I think a lot of high school coaches made the decision. You know what? I'm going to, I don't want to travel around the world. I want to come home at night, yeah. but you see schematically, I see some of these guys, holy smokes, these guys are really good football coaches. You know what I mean? So I think for me, the hard part is turning it off. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I could just watch a football game, but you can't <laughs> okay, like, okay, why are those guys doing that? Well, why are they, 
what's the two minute situation? You just like you just like <laughs> to put your head back. Oh, that was a nice route. You know, like okay, how deep was that? How, how deep did they run that out? You know, <laughs> why did he curl that off? You know, why didn't he speed out it? You know, what I mean, just sometimes you just wish your brain would stop that way. Like when I went to my son's games, I went to a few of my son's games. Um, when my son was at BYU, my son's at Utah just graduated. I, I want to get there early to the game, but I can't just watch. You know, I'm saying, okay, what time is specialist is coming out? Okay, how come they're in that way? Okay, why, why are there, there chairs that way on the sidelines? They should put their chairs closer together. You know what I mean? Just like, I'm, I'm watching the weirdest things. I'm like, hey, why is that coach standing over there? He should be closer to the ref. And my wife's like, why are you looking that way? The ball's over here. I'm like, well, I'm checking out where the trainer stands. And I don't know, just... Those are the hard parts for me. I just in this job because it's so encompassing mm-hmm. that it's hard. You can't turn this job off, as we know. Right. You know, there's some jobs. It's it's you know nine to five, and you go home. You go home. But I, I have to do a better job of turning things off at home. You know, your mind's constantly going on things. Good stuff. But what are some things that you're doing now to create that that environment for your staff where they feel, besides like allowing family access to the football component of their lives, what are some things you're doing from maybe like a time management standpoint, offseason, that you allow your assistant coaches to feel uh, like they have the flexibility of being able to be a, a father and a husband uh, along with being a football coach and to take some of that stress off of them? I feel like I try to be organized. A thing I learned early in coaching too is have an agenda for meetings. You know what I mean? And I heard a coach say this one. I mean, you know, when you've been coaching this long, you hear so many sayings, but you know, coaches, they, they joke at some head coaches that a, a king can't be a king without his kingdom. You know what I mean? The coaches always have to have his guys there to, you know, it might not be doing anything, but it's like, he has to gather people around the round table. To, <laughs> right. Like, you know, can I keep on here? Let me put my 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 sword up and and uh, you know this is what we're gonna do. And so if we're gonna meet, it's gonna be worthwhile. And so what I've tried to do is just make sure, Crystal, we have some organization that there's a schedule, that guys know their off season, guys know the hours that are required. I don't want guys sitting around thinking about can I go home yet? Uh, what time is the head man go home? Mm-hmm. No, man, just get your work done. Here are my expectations. You know, we're going to coach and we're going to recruit. This is what I want you to do. This is how we're going to coach on the field. We're not going to MF kids. We're going to keep people, treat them right. Here are the hours, are, you know, um, times we're in, times we're out. I think Chris trying to give guys, uh, let them know exactly what their job description is and what I expect. Like all the guys are on the road recruiting now. I don't tell them what to do and how to do that. But I just tell them, hey, be professional when you go on the road, you know, don't look like you just woke up, <laughs> rolled out of bed and walked into someone's high school. I mean, you know, look presentable, be 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 professional. And then I let guys do their deal. You know what I mean? Just um, and I think that's the thing I've tried to do to help them so they know their schedules, they know it early, they know our summer schedule. I feel like sometimes in the past, you know, maybe the head guy doesn't tell you until a while, and you know, your wife's asking, okay, what's our schedule this summer? I mean, you don't want to be the guy like. Uh, coach when's our vacation i mean nobody's everybody's too afraid to say anything right you know what i mean so you don't find out till a week before when you're when you can go and so i think allowing guys to know what their schedule is so they can plan so they can be around and again my expectation like guys i'm i don't mind if you know your your wife and your kids come around you know what i mean that's okay I mean, just 
I think Chris allowing the guys to know expectations, um, giving them a schedule, uh, respecting their time. And because like I said, a lot of times you hear of guys, I've called guys on the road and they're they're still in the office. I'm like, what are you guys still doing? Because oh, the head man has to leave. Goes, what time do you guys leave? Goes, I don't know. We're just not gonna go ahead of him. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Uh you know what I mean? So I know when he, as soon as they pause, like, okay, you're not doing anything. You just, you know what I mean? Sometimes you, you you start making up PowerPoints. You know, you got six different PowerPoints about the same blocking scheme. I'm like, hey, why did I do that? I mean, just, <laughs> you know, so this is an updated version of this week and yet two from last week. So anyways. Coach, this is a, this is a little bit of a selfish question for me. I know we, we tend to focus on this podcast more on, on culture than scheme, but I've been a big proponent over the years of watching some of the things that you guys have done. Um, I'm a huge proponent that that you can coach in any offensive system. I've seen some of the stuff you guys have done out of the gun, some of the spread triple stuff. Selfish question for me, who's kind of a scheme nerd. If there was another offense you could coach other than the, the option, do you do you have like a, you know, a, an offense that you you would dabble in if you if you were doing something else? Yeah, I really like I really like what Shanahan does. Yeah. You know, I mean, I really like his wide zone stuff, all of his formation, his personnel, his shifting. All, I love all his window dressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, you know, Boise State did similar things, all, but I just love some of the stuff they've done over the years. But I love Shanahan. It's it's all off his own stuff, but then he's added all these other different wrinkles into it, all of his play pass and his boots and waggles, all of his stuff. But probably Shanahan. I mean, yeah. I, I like his stuff. But yeah. to me, it's a great example that doesn't really matter what you do but it's you better be good at your core like you know yeah. Shanahan starts off with his own stuff inside outside zone and then it goes from there yeah but if you ain't any good at that it don't the window dressing don't matter no doubt the same thing if you're uh you know if you're a leech guy air raid guy, you know what i mean you better be good at mesh you know better have some good core stuff and then you branch off from that it's, you know we're we're we do every type of option mm-hmm. but it all it all starts off the veer yeah. and then we branch off from there. Right. Yeah. I love it. Co- uh, we've got a ton of respect for option guys. And I, I truly think just cause it's a hard offense to coach. Um, and it's you, from an outsider standpoint, it, it, it all looks the same, but it's all completely different. So truly believe some of the option guys are really some of the best teachers of the game No doubt. for you. Like, I mean, you've been doing this 15, 20 years, you as a coach, like, how how have you developed? If you could look back, like year one um, to now, I think if you're not trying to improve, I mean, this game will spit you out. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, I just talked to him because both of my sons got into his profession. Uh, they didn't listen to their mother. Mother tried to get <laughs> to go to medical school, and so I'm like, did you guys learn anything? So. You know, one of my sons just started as a admin analyst at Utah. My other son's here, but he was a GA at uh, Washington for or at Hawaii for a couple of years. I just feel like that you're constantly learning because coaching is teaching, and I just love watching everything. I love watching YouTube videos. I, I love to watch successful people. Uh, I love to watch Bill Gates how he did, you know does things, Steve Jobs or just anybody, any walk of life. How, to, how they did things, you're constantly learning, um, you know, how they're successful. Or just uh, There's so much stuff on YouTube that you can, you can watch. I mean, I watch Cooks. 
you know, I, I watched the, uh, the best uh, Japanese sushi guy. And like I said, it was all on subtitles, but just the detail, how early he got up in the morning mm. and he went and picked his own fish. I mean, this guy picked his own fish. Wow. Got up in the morning, picked his own fish and the detail, how he did things. So I just, I, I, I feel like those are things that I've tried to do. I try to look at other coaches, other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love to watch like guys like Tiger and Nadal and how they do things and just how they constantly improve. Um, we had a great opportunity. The Coach Belichick is a big Navy guy. So we got to go to uh, the uh, Pats um, maybe in 2016 or something. And it was awesome. I mean, I, I got there early. Coach Belichick allowed us unlimited access, which was unbelievable. I went early to the, the, the meeting room, and there, the first guy that I saw was was Tom Brady. Was first guy to meeting, and I was thinking, "Wow, this guy's the best player in the world." And he's first guy to meeting, mm-hmm. and he's got a notepad and he's taking notes. And then Coach Belichick came in there. And he talked about a lot of things, but the first thing he talked about was ball security and had all of these stats of how at all levels you win with taking care of the ball. It's just reinforced some of the stuff that I I kind of thought about, just mm-hmm. just taking care of the ball. But I've told this to my, my son, so I tell this to our coaches. I mean, you should be going to clinics. You should listen to YouTube videos. You listen to podcasts because you can always get better. Mm. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like, this will be my 15th year as a head coach, 33rd year coaching Division One football. When I lose that, when I lose that quest where I don't want to watch YouTube, in fact, I was just watching this before I got on this. You know, I just, I'm just intrigued by the way different people do things and how they teach and different things. I feel like when I lose that, I got to get out. Hmm. Right. Because I feel like this job, you know, like I said, is so competitive that it will spit you out. And I think it's the one thing that's helped me stay surviving this profession. Because I, I'm just competitive. It's not because of money or I'm trying to do things. And I, I guess back to Dan's question, how do I, you know, not be swayed by other people? I just, I, I just want to win. And, you know, let's, and people think this crazy. Navy people might think this crazy. They might think our number one goal is to beat Army. I want to beat everyone. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, I want to beat Army, but, like, if we lose our first couple of games, I'll be in a tank, you know, I'll come home being the time. I mean, if, if you can lose and it'd be okay, then you got to get out of this profession, yeah. you know, especially at division one level. Right. Coach, it's been well-documented and for obvious reasons, because the success that you've had over the long, you know, the long term at, at Navy, there's been, there have been schools who've inquired about you, try to, you know, you know, get you to interview for different head coaching positions. Um, and you've, you've constantly stayed loyal to Navy. Talk to us a little bit about, that and and you know i mean your affinity for navy the love that you have because i've heard interviews of you know what you talk about annapolis the school the you know the area how much you love living there how much you love working there how much you love the students uh what keeps drawing you back from all these higher profile jobs and people that are coming after you that's a great question chris i mean the like you said they first of all they pay us way too much money (laughs) i mean like what we're just coaches not like we're inventing any vaccines or anything we're just what i mean I mean, they, they pay us, but anyways, that's besides the point. The money's lucrative and is definitely, I always tell this to recruits that if there's a job open, I, I owe it to my family to listen. Now, and I tell well, I'm in a, but I say that I'm still at the Naval Academy for 25 years, but I go and I listen and there's some really good things. 
Uh, but I also recognize too, Chris, when I go places, the grass isn't always greener. Hmm. Like I love the kids that I coach. I love Annapolis. I love the guys I work with. I, I, I feel like I have great assistants and I've very loved that. I love the guys that, you know, are on the staff. And so when you go, you start to realize you see some stuff and a lot of stuff are enticing. Like I said, the money's enticing, you know, the, the power five stuff's enticing. But then there's always, you know, because a lot of it's because of what we do on offense, you know, there's also be some parameters that people ask. And so I kind of go there, you know, first of all, my thing's like, wait a minute, you guys called me, I mean, like, and I also know that this profession is so hard uh, or they tell me who I'm going to hire or, you know, well, if you come, here's some guys. And I'm like, no, if I come, I'm bringing my guys. Yeah. And so yeah. I think in the end, Chris, it kind of works out because I don't just say, okay, come, you got to do this. Woo-hoo, I'm coming. Oh, you got to hire him. Okay. Whoever, who do you want me to hire? I don't know his name, but I'll hire him. Maybe if I would have done those kind of things, maybe it'd have been, but I'm not willing to do that because I have a great job. Yeah. Like I said, if I hated my job, he'd be like, well, okay, where'd I sign up? Okay. Yeah. Who do you want me to hire? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just go. But it's because I love the type of kids I coach. I love where I'm at that. I'm not just willing to concede, you know I mean? Cause to me, it's not about the money. I make, I make more money than I ever thought I would make. I mean, I'm not worried about that. It just, I want to be happy. Because uh, mm-hmm. I know how demanding and how grueling this job is. And I know there's time that if I go somewhere, I want to make sure I'm happy because I know I'm happy here. So <laughs> why would I go someplace up and I'd be unhappy? So. Well, Coach, we we can't thank you enough. We're certainly appreciative. We want to be mindful of your time and 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 keep you on schedule here. But uh, it's just really inspiring for young coaches like ourselves, but also as we share to the kind of the broader coaching community, um, we are really trying to to connect with coaches that um, embody some of the principles that that we're trying to live out as well. And and I don't think we could think of anybody who is who embodies those more than more than you do. And we're we're really grateful that you're willing to take the time to talk to us. Thank you, guys. Sorry it took me ten minutes to get on a Zoom call. No, you're all good. You're all good. It's still a little slow on some of this stuff. Holy care, thank you, guys. Coach, so, we appreciate you. We go. One, one last thing. Yeah. I know you're. I know you're a tennis player. I got to get you into this. So I live down here in Florida. Have you started playing pickleball yet? I have, Coach. Oh, okay. Tell me there you, you go. I, I love pickleball. Coach, <laughs> it's the best. It's it, but it's but I got too cocky. I play some people that actually know what they're doing and. <laughs> I love it. All right, coach. We, we appreciate right. you, coach. Nice, right, coach. Take care. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.